Welcome back to the Tape Store, everybody. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And this is the first time we've yes. ever done anything like this. Yay! We're Yay. also on the road. Yes! Uh, we're live we're, from yeah. Maple Falls, Washington. Right? Yep. That's Maple Falls, right? Yep. We are visiting Jeff. <laughs> we've been here a few days. We are in the room with Jeff. We're yes. never in the room with yeah. Jeff. It's the first time I've seen my best friend Jeff in 10 years. We've had a great time, right? Yep. <laughs> and we figured, why not bring some podcasting equipment and and do a show, you know, with Jeff in person? So this is the first time I've ever done this. Yes, I know. It's great. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so you guys are getting a, a little bit of a glimpse into our uh, vacation time. Yes. And which you've done before. And we normally would have taken the week off, but. We just couldn't miss an opportunity to podcast with Jeff in person. Uh, so we're just glad to be here. Jeff's been great host. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, and so for this week, we wanted to do something really special, a movie that we all really, really love. I know Jeff... Really, and, really love really, it. Jeff and Brooke yes. really have a great history with this movie. <laughs> I watched this movie uh, as a child, but um, uh, I... I I didn't really kind of. It wasn't one of my big, you know, favorites until recently. Yeah. And that is 1987's The Princess Bride. Yes, and a lot of you've been really excited about it, so we're really excited about this episode. Yeah. Everybody's been kind of coming out of the woodwork with quotes. It's great. Yeah, it is. And by the way, uh, if you if just because I have to say this because usually we use my individual microphones. Right. Me, Jeff, and Brooke all use the same type of microphone. In this case, because we're all... It's kind of a round table type it thing. It's a round table. <laughs> uh, we got this little condenser mic sitting in the middle of us. So things are going to sound a little different tonight. Uh, hopefully it sounds, you know, sounds good. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. But this is great. It's got a nice, you know, round table. Yes. I keep saying that. You do. Anyway. But so you repeat yourself. Princess Bride. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about... Okay. Uh, again, uh, 1987. Um, it was released on September 25th, 1987. It was directed by Rob Reiner. Who we love. We do. Uh, he did A Few Good Men. Another one of my favorite mm-hmm. 90s movies. Uh, he did a lot. But. Yeah, and this is a um, probably one of the best fantasy films, I and would say, iconic. of all time. Yeah. It, 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 in 2016, I'm, I'm just reading a few um, uh, um, facts here. Fun facts. In 2016, the film was inducted into the National Film Registry, being deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And it won the 1988 Hugo Award for the Best Dramatic Presentation. So this, this is, you know, uh, this is considered very important. Yes. You know, it's in the National Film Registry. And actually during 2020, you know, when everyone was bound at home, they uh, there was like a, um actor remake of it. Everyone did like home video. I don't know if you you probably yeah. remember it. There's yeah. a bunch of actors that kind of redid all the scenes, and it was really great. So, and you know, quarantine was a tough time for all of us. So sure. that kind of nostalgia was really helpful to see all these big list actors that were like, "Hey, let's let's remake it from our homes." And so it's yeah. definitely just it's everybody's favorite movie. So Jeff, why don't you talk about, and then we'll get into the film. Right. We'll talk about the cast a little bit, but Jeff, why don't you talk about you know. Um, how this became such an important movie to you and stuff. Anything else you you know want to share? I guess preliminary. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think I first saw it, you know, on HBO. Like most of these movies, I love as a kid. I think I was like 
five or six or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no, it was like 87, you think? So yeah. I, yeah. I, was, I was at least seven. So, yeah, yeah. And I, rem- I remember I recorded it when it came on, like, um, <laughs> just, you know, 30, you know, uh, Fox 36, you know, in, 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 in Georgia. That's what, it, that's what channel was. Yeah. And I recorded it when it came on, and I watched it, like, every day. So I, it's one of the, it's one of the movies I can, honestly say I can, I can literally quote this movie from start to finish. Yeah. Every word. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. I remember, and I, I remember that being something Jeff did for for years, uh, even like, uh, like twenty years ago, like when we were hanging out. I remember Jeff quoting that movie. Um, and I, could, I, it's so hard to watch this movie and not just say the words right, right like we all watched it last night together with it was toby me and jeff and heather uh, heather is jeff's wife yeah and uh we she it was on the condition <laughs> that jeff didn't quote every single word it was so hard and it was very difficult yeah I, and i i failed because i was quoting it but no one asked me not to domino just dominoes fell. one of jeff's one of jeff's figures just fell she, yeah. should be all right yeah should be all right so yeah yeah it, it definitely is is one of the more probably one of the greatest mm-hmm. Up there with some of the greatest, most quotable films. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit about the cast. It stars. I, I'm probably gonna say his name wrong, but Carrie Elwes. Yes. Uh, Mandy Patinkin. Yep. Uh, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, uh, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant's in it. Um, Robin Wright or Robin Wright Penn. Yes. He's Robin Wright now. And now it's just Robin oh, Wright. Yeah. Um, Peter Falk, Fred Savage, Billy Crystal. So th- th- this is this is the great cast, great cast. Um, I remember this movie. Um, the first time I watched it, my first memory of it was uh, I was able to stay up a little later than usual, <laughs> and um, I was watching it in my parents' room. And I remember my dad was like, I think trying to go to sleep or whatever. Okay. And I watched the whole movie, and then. I think I guess my dad realized what time it was because I just remember turning to my dad and telling him like, "Hey, you know," and so and we'll get to the end of the when we get to the end of the film. Yeah. But at the end of the film, the last words are "as you wish." Right. And I I, I, I turned to my dad and said, "Hey, dad, I think blah blah blah." And then I'll, I'll tell you guys later when we get to that part because I don't want to talk about the end right yeah, away. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, he suddenly I guess realized what time it was and was like. You need to get in the bed, and I was like, "Dang, sorry, dude." <laughs> so I go to bed. But uh, it's one of those movies that I don't know. It, it, it's I watched it when we watched it last night. It's my first time watching it in a long time, and I was like, I could have started the movie over and watched it. Yeah, it was like Toby's watching it for the first time. He kept being like, "Wait a minute, guys, guys, what's happening?" Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just watch the movie. And I guess being an '80s and '90s podcast, it's almost like a crime that that this is something that hasn't been more in my yeah repertoire. Of movies that I've mm-hmm. seen over and over and over, but when I watched, I was like, "Man, I could have just started it right back over." That's how I felt about it. Yeah. Great movie, magical in many ways. Yeah, I didn't see it until I was a teenager, but I loved it. And then I got to go see it. My one of my, but I always refer to my best friend at the time, my best friend Casey. Uh, he was my Jeff. That's how I refer to him mm-hmm. growing up because we were. He was my Lord of the Rings friend. He was my everything. And we went to go see this at the Inwood Theater in Dallas because they showed old movies. And we went to see Princess Bride together, and the whole theater was quoting all the iconic parts. It was amazing. Everyone was quoting all the parts, so it was just like this big, inclusive, like, friend group. And it's just the best movie. It's just so good. Yeah. Now, 
Uh, Jeff, did you have any, did you find any, you're usually our facts guy, you know, production, what went into how these things come to be. Um, did you find anything? Uh, I found a few things. I mean, uh, a lot of people know already that like Andre the Giant um, was not well when he was making this movie. It was uh, towards, I mean, not not quite towards the end of his life, but near it. And he was having like horrific pain the entire time. And it's kind of like knowing that and mm. then watching it again, you mm. can you can tell that poor guy yeah. Yeah. is not well. He doesn't look very good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, he died um, like around six years later. Yeah. Poor guy. And he uh, he's drunk the entire time, like actually drunk. Wow. Oh wow! Because that's the only thing he did for to to numb the pain he was in. Yeah, he wasn't um, like just drinking to drink. He was genuinely trying to medicate, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the writer, I think it was Andrew, uh, it, uh, something uh, Goldman. You got that one? Yeah, Goldman. I think it's um, is it Andrew Goldman? No, that sounds. I'm getting there. Wrong. Um, but he uh, he wrote um, Butch Cassidy. William Sunday, Goldman. William Goldman. Wrote Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, oh, um, wow. all the President's Men, you know, and this was like you know a, a, a way departure from that kind of thing. It was like the first like, you know, I mean, of course it was based on the book, and and yeah, uh, the only other thing I found was interesting was that Carrie Elwes told Christopher Guest, you know, like hit me when 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 he was like <laughs> you know. You have six fingers on your right hand. Someone was looking for you, and he like, hit him on the head. Yeah. And he actually hit. Cariel was on the head, like, oh, hard, no. and he had, like, an emergency room. So, like, oh. gave him a concussion and stuff, like, right on top of it, with the pommel of that sword. And I was like, geez. Oh, no. Yeah. So, that, 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 that I found that was interesting. But that's about yeah. all I could find that was super, you know, otherwise pretty straightforward production. No. Uh, it, it was attempted to be made into a movie, like, right after it was made into a book. It was written in, like, 73, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's make it a movie. And... <laughs> Always, you know, and it, it kind of stayed, and it, uh, it, it didn't. It didn't get off the ground. It, it, it took a few, it took a few years, obviously. So. Yeah, it was written in '73. Yeah. Yeah. And it was filmed just to, you know, talk, it was filmed in various locations in England and Ireland. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. That. So, which is why I think it's incredibly beautiful uh, oh, yeah. uh, aesthetically. Yeah. Really is. Um, so, let's get into the story. Some, you know. Uh, this and I think what made this movie I think so magical for me is we don't go right into um, the kingdom of Florin, which is it takes place the, the the bulk of the story takes place in the fictional kingdom of Florin, but first it's in set, I guess what you would consider present day. Yeah, at the time. At the <laughs> time, uh, you, you have a a a boy played by Fred Savage. He's not given a name. He's just the boy. Yeah. And his grandfather, played by Peter Falk, Columbo. So good. It's Columbo, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He comes in and, oh, and he's so great in this movie as the grandfather. I just loved him in this I know. movie. I wanted him to be my grandfather. But I had a great grandpa. So the boy is sick. You know, he's like, looks like he's got the flu or something. Like a cold. Yeah. Something, something that's got him in bed. Uh, and the grandfather comes and um, reads a book to him. And the book is... The Princess Bride. That's right. that's the the story that the grandfather reads to his grandson. We begin to see the the enact, the, the the dramatization of that. Yeah, you know. And I loved his bedroom. It, it looked. Yes. It was very authentic. It yeah. looked like a little boy's bedroom. I mean, there's like Cheetos in the background. Yeah, like the old, old Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. Talk about the figures. And there's He-Man figures. Yeah, and there's Captain, like America. Captain America. I think it was Amigo Captain America. 
It was? I think it might have been from the, the Mego, which was like the 70s, 80s, I thought. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The Mego Captain America. It was, uh, it's like Chicago. Out, I said, I'm, I'm assuming it's in Chicago because he's got like a lot of Chicago stuff. He's got a lot of Chicago stuff. bears and so I'm, I'm guessing so, yeah. But it looked like this could be a, a little boy's room. And, and, and Brooklyn Toby, you know, I'm a huge fan of Deadpool. And, and they, they made a PG-13 version called Once Upon a Deadpool where Deadpool kidnaps old Fred Savage and puts him back into the bedroom what? And, and like chains him up and like, he's like reading him the story oh of my gracious <laughs> which yeah. is great I had to mention yes, that yes of course and I think the reason why I connected with that is because you know the the boy is like I think any kid yeah a boy or girl but it, it, it would be any kid um, and the grandfather comes and reads the story so the fact that it begins in you know this little kid's room in present day right. and then it kind of takes us into the Kingdom of Florin and, and into the story of the Princess Bride. It, it, I don't know. It just, you can put yourself in, you know, I don't know. It just, it really connected with me as a kid, yeah. I think, because it started with just this little kid, you know. <laughs> and what's interesting is he has no interest in the story initially. Of like course. when the grandfather's reading the book, he's like, oh, what are we doing? Why are we reading this? <laughs> this, is, this is boring. This is, uh, uh, you know. And of course, as we know, as, as the story continues, um, the boy becomes incredibly involved and engrossed in the story and doesn't of want course. and doesn't want the grandfather to stop reading because at first it's like oh my god and he doesn't like the love part See, the love scene. This is a kissing book. Yeah, a kissing book, right? <laughs> hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Are you trying to trick me? Where's the sports? Yeah. <laughs> the sports. Where's the sports? Yeah. Where's the sports? <laughs> is this a kissing book? Yeah. It, it's it's so. It's so sweet. I love it. So. Let's give a bit of a setting here. Right. Um, this story, uh, The Princess Bride, is, um, among other things, it's a love story. Yes. Between Buttercup and her farmhand, Wesley. And I really love these opening scenes. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, but I think Carrie Elwes, like, his performance... Uh, in those opening scenes with the As You Wish. Like he every, already loved her. Right, right. With the way he... It just was really sweet. Yeah. And, and that, that's going to connect to the end of the film. He wore her down. Because uh, it, was, it was about a... Um, you know, Buttercup is this beautiful young woman. This is Robin Wright's character uh, in the Kingdom of Florin. And uh, she had a farmhand and she would tell him to do something every time he would, she would tell him to do Farm something. Farm boy. Yeah, he would say, yeah. As You Wish. But the way he would say "as you wish," it was like there was so much in it. It wasn't just "oh, as you wish." <sighs> yeah. And he had the like old school hair. He had like, it's funny because it was the '80s, but he had an, he had like the chili bowl '90s haircut. Right. Which I loved. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, do it." And the the whole thing that that the the grandfather was reading in the book was that anytime he said "as you wish," what he was really saying is "I love you." And of course, he does wear her down because eventually. Yeah, it's the picture, man. Yeah. Come boy. Get the picture. Yeah, well, because the picture, the, she could have reached it. Yeah. That was the whole point. She was point. just like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to leave. No, she didn't want him to go. And then, of course, they do fall in love. And there's the kissing. They do kiss. And that's the whole as the it. As the sun is setting. And then, so, and then it says that Wesley, what's it spelled with a T? It's like Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. So Wesley has to travel overseas to obtain his fortune. Because he's poor. He doesn't have anything. Yeah. He so, doesn't have anything to offer her. Right, so he goes and apparently meets uh, great peril at the hands of pirates. 
And what were the names of the pirates? The Dread the Pirate, Pirate Roberts. Yeah, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, and these pirates are, you know, well-renowned for being uh, ruthless. Yes. And so, for all Buttercup knows, Wesley is... Has met certain death. Has met certain death. And... I will never love again. Right, she will never love again. And this leads her to become betrothed to Prince Humperdinck. And this is Chris Sarandon. Also, uh, more famously known as Jack Skellington. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the speaking voice. The speaking voice of Jack, Jack Skellington. Skellington. Because the singing, the, voice, singing. the singing voice is Danny Elfman. But uh, Chris Sarandon is uh, Prince Humperdinck. He is really funny in this. He is. Um, but he chooses his bride from amidst the kingdom. Yeah. And he has chosen... Buttercup. Buttercup. She doesn't really have a choice in this, right? I guess not. So, I mean, do you say no to a? I mean, can you? As a, I, I mean, as a, I'm looking at it from a realistic standpoint, mm-hmm. as a woman, in a long ago time period, can yeah. you say no? Yeah, I mean, to a royalty, you really can't. Not really. No, I and, and survive it. Yeah, you know? she's she's essentially forced to do it. Yeah. from from what I got from it. Yeah, uh, he, he chose her. Right. And she agrees, but she doesn't reciprocate that no, love. She doesn't, she doesn't love him. She's clearly sad and unhappy and distraught. Yeah. And Prince Humperdinck is the is is in line to be the next king right. of Florin. Um but before that is able to happen, she's kidnapped. Princess Buttercup is by <laughs> three people. <laughs> Vizzini, who is that's the bald dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is played by and yeah, I don't know if this guy just... I've not seen him, seen a lot of stuff that this guy's in. Um, or maybe I... You he's know, in Clueless. He's a, he's the voice of uh, Mr. Incredible's boss. Yeah. Know. He's also the voice of Principal <laughs> Mazur in a Groofy movie. Yeah, yeah. this and is... Uh, this is I, wa- yeah, this is Wallace Shawn, by the way. Yeah, Wallace Shawn. I saw him uh, in college in a, um, in a play... Oh, wow. it, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, in a uh, creative writing class, and we watched this play that he was in. Julianne Moore was in it. I forget the oh, name wow. of the play, but Julianne Moore was in this play, and uh, he was this guy. He's phenomenal. He's like serious business. Yeah, a really good actor. He can do stage. So he's Vizzini. The two other people, uh, very important also, uh, is Fezic, and that's Andre the Giant. Yes, and Inigo Montoya. And that's Mandy Patinkin. And Inigo Montoya is my favorite character yes, in this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> because he has his own rich backstory. He I mean, does. he's he, he's not just you know, uh Vizzini is kinda skeezy and, and, <laughs> and kinda skeevy and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Um, he's your typical like <clears throat> crime boss back in the day. Right. In, in fact, like Go ahead. Like, um, Inigo is like his character is really the only one that has any kind of lore to it, like any yeah. any, depth. Any, yeah. any depth to his character. We know nothing about Wesley. No, we know nothing about Buttercup. We know nothing about Fezzik or anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's true. So his character is probably you know just just based on that is the most relatable character. You know because we like we want to know when you know something about when you when you find out something about someone's past. You know it. it draws you in more yeah I, I mean it's i mean we don't we essentially don't need a backstory for wesley and buttercup because we know okay these are the two lovers that have been torn asunder yeah. it's about getting them back together right. we don't need much from them right you know andre the giant is big and strong 
He's serving yeah. a purpose. And we he's, don't need him. He's, yeah. And, and then the it, rest are villains. We don't need. Right. We and don't need it. And it's there's a very clear uh, distinction between Fezzik, um, and Inigo Montoya. In comparison to um, uh, Vizzini. Yeah. It's clear Vizzini actually is, you know, doesn't really have any morals. and nah. He's not, like, evil and and, and, and um, depraved acting. He's goofy. He's goofy and but, he's clearly just, you know, he wants some sort of power. But he's still out he for himself. Yeah, where, yeah. Uh, as, as Fezzik just seems, like, really sweet. Even though he's, like, he's precious. working for this guy. I know. Uh, so they kidnap Buttercup. And, of course, Prince Humperdinck finds this out. And he's got his entourage. And that's the really funny part where they're, they're, <laughs> at different, they're, they're in different locations. Yeah. And they're talking. And then, da 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 Like, it kind of does this, like, fanfare every time he moves, Prince Humperdinck. Yes. I thought that was funny. I want it as a ringtone. But not only are they pursued by Prince Humperdinck, they're pursued by this mysterious man in black. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, he ends up catching up with them. This, and he's dressed almost like Zorro. <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. He's got, like, a bandana. <laughs> he he's got, like, a black. He's like Zorro. <laughs> Except for the, yeah. No. Yeah. Didn't Zorro have a hat? Yeah, he did. He did. He okay, did. okay. It just, like... just reminds me a little bit, reminded me a little bit of Zorro. Um, the, this man in black is able to catch up with them before Prince Humperdinck. Right. So, this mysterious man in black is able to intercept Vizzini and Fezzik and um, uh, Indigo, along with... Prince, uh, Princess Buttercup, and and they're able to catch up. He's able to catch up with them before Humperdinck, and we can see very clearly from the get go that this is Wesley. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, much like the Clark Kent Superman right, situation, right? Glasses don't change it, man. <laughs> Nobody, like, come on. Nobody can can tell. I feel like you know, like you know, you can tell. You can see his eyes. You can kind of see the little mustache. You know, it's yeah. Like, this it's is clearly very Wesley. clearly Wesley. But that's all right. Yeah, and he. Um, they're climbing up this mountain. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the well, see. Uh, Andre the Giant. Fezzik. Has, yeah, Fezzik, Fezzik is has climbing up. Everybody. He's got everybody hanging on to him, and he's climbing. And you have the mysterious man in black climbing close, as well. You know, close behind, closing in. So, Vizzini has Inigo wait behind. So, you know, kind of like you know, look, give us some time to get Buttercup yeah. away. And you, when he climbs up, whether he falls or you kill him, whatever. Yeah, dispatch him. Dispatch him. And he gets up there. Um, of course, well, they talk for a little bit. They kind of have some banter. But then he eventually helps Wesley up. So he's, but, but it's under the condition of, you come up here, I'm, we're going to fight. I'm right. going to kill you. Yeah. But he didn't trust him until, and this is, I mean, this, this, is, we kind of, this is our first kind of entrance into Indigo's whole story, which is, he says, how, you know, Wes is like, how can I trust you that you're going to get me up? And he goes, I swear on the sword of my father, you will reach the top. Right. And then with that, for for the man in black, that's enough. And he said, all right, right. pull me up. So, for Indigo, for him to even bring that up. Yeah. If you're, you know, interested in character development, you're like, oh, okay. This is something with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, he makes it up. And then we get more, this is where we really get Indigo's backstory. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they kind of sit and they talk. They're like friends. Well, there's no there's no reason yeah. for them to be enemies. Yeah, right. His father was a was a blacksmith, and he uh, and the the six fingered man. Well, he asks he asks uh, Wesley, "Do you have six fingers in your right hand?" Yeah. And of course he doesn't. And he was like, "Well, my sla- my father was slaughtered by a six fingered man. He he was paid to make a sword, and he pulls it out, you know, shows it to him, and this is beautiful embroidered sword with like 
you know, jewels, and it's like, you know, if you've ever seen, like, a replica of it, it is a beautiful sword. Yeah. And, you know, Wesley even holds it. It's like, like a rapier, right? Yeah, it's a rapier. And he's like, I've never seen its equal. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, it, this is a... And it's he, legit. Yeah. So, the six finger man paid his dad... Well, well he, he commissioned his dad to make the sword. And then when he came to get it, he only offered, like, one-tenth his promised prize. Yeah. And his dad's like, screw that. Like, you know... Like, no. Like... Oh, I mean, I, yeah. He, he said he slaved a year to make this thing. You know, and he took a year to make the sword, which which is about right. You know, and Jeff is actually a wielder, so you and, know a little bit. And about a little, that. yeah. And I'm I, I dabbling <laughs> blacksmithing. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. It's very hard. Um, but like, yeah. So I it, it, and anyway. So when he when his dad refused, he killed his dad, right? And of course, Indigo challenged him to a duel and failed. He was only what 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, he was I think a child. Like, and. And he gave him the he gave him the marks. scars. Yeah, the scars. And 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 and, and that's that, that's what we're talking about. Like that's 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 the only backstory we get on anybody. Yeah, and yeah, and it's very deep. And I, I and I think it's why and I think it's why I like Inigo so yeah. much mm-hmm. is he's very um, he's good. We find of he's course he's layered. He's layered and he's very passionate. He loves his dad. He loves his father. It's just really, you know, I don't know. He just, he really brought this richness to the role. But he, the, after this, he decided, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can yeah, about, about the sword. And so he has all these years right. been training to be this incredible swordsman. Right. And I'm actually wearing a necklace right now that says, hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. Yeah. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That, Which is yeah. what he tells Wesley. Yeah. This is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna say. Yeah. This is what my life what now in. is yeah. building. His up life for. is all about revenge on the, the on the six fingered man. Six fingered man to avenge his father. And, and this sword fight, I think, is probably most people's like favorite. It's part the, of the best. Movie. Yes. It's be- so good. Yes, because Inigo and the Man in Black, which we know, we can tell this is Wesley. Right. Uh, engaged in a duel. And dramatic irony. It's it's really intense. Mm-hmm. It's they're really good, and I just love Carrie Elwes because he's got this smirk yeah. the whole time. He just never changes. He's like, he, yeah, he knows he's, he's kinda, got he's it. Like the whole time. You have to wonder like how did Wesley become so good? Like did he know stuff before, or did was it just being on the pirate ship for five years? Yeah, yeah. I mean like, I'm inclined to think that it was that. Yeah. yeah, I was inclined that it was his years. Because um, he just came back like a superhero essentially yeah, yeah. You know? but they just love the way they filmed the <laughs> scene the, the way they filmed the duel was really well done and the way you could tell that they put a lot of training and yeah. practice into this but just Carrie <laughs> was just barely moving his hand just, yeah <laughs> like <laughs> watching this as okay so I at, at our at our previous you know at our, at our school I have been an assistant director and we did a show that was very heavy in stage combat last year so watching this I was like Good God! Like this yeah, is really it. great choreography because we did sword play, we did stick fighting, we did hand movements, and because uh, we did some dr- Greek tragedies. And watching this, th- the way they're going upstairs, they're doing flips, they're doing all this stuff. I was like, this took freaking time, right? And they act like, and they had to because they're both supposed to be like, masters, but it's only yeah, it's know? only for a few minutes. It was incredible. So just and in a- the acknowledge the talent that it takes to master this kind of right. sword scene. And in the end, uh, the man in black is able to best Inigo. Yes. And knocks him out. Doesn't yeah, but he him. won't kill him because he's like, no, I could no. never. You're no. too good. So w- w- we know at this point, even if you've never seen the movie, this is Wesley. Mm-hmm. 
and you know, we, we it's understandable. Okay, you know, he just knocks in to go out so he can keep going. Yeah, we part of us knows he's not going to kill him. He's able to. Um, he engages Fezic, the giant, Andre the giant, mm-hmm. in hand to hand combat. Right. And is able to choke out. Fezzik. He basically jumps on his back. And Fezzik's still so sweet. Yeah, he's, the they're like talking through he's it. He's so just, nice. And which is, I think you talked about like the sleep, it was a sleeper hole. Yeah. yeah. Which, that that was Andre the Giant's, mo- you know. Yeah, that's his move, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just neat they put that stuff in yeah. there. Yeah. So he's able to subdue Fezzik, and then he moves on to Vizzini, who has Buttercup. Yes. And Vizzini, um, it's this battle of wits, which is it's one of the more famous scenes in the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. The whole wine. This scene. whole se- segment is, is what I'm saying. Like, it's everyone's favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. If and, you remember any part of this movie, yeah. it's this, like, 20-minute segment. Yeah. So, it's it's a battle of wits where the man in black, the mysterious man in black, has two glasses of wine, and uh, and he says that he has put one, this this poison, yeah. in one of them. Iocane powder. Yeah, and and um, uh, Vizzini, who is supposedly the, you know in his mind the wisest man of all, you oh, know, and clever and has you know uh, unmatched wit, inconceivable. Yeah, right. He says that the whole all time. the time. I do not think this means what you think it means. Yeah, um, I love it. Is and for Wesley, it's uh, excuse me for the man in black. Right, right. You know, <laughs> he says you have to guess which one. That poisons it. Right. You know. He goes, you guess which one it's in, and then we both drink, and then we'll find out if you're right. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's just this... This is what... I mean, it's <laughs> it's one of the best parts of the movie, because, you know, Vizzini's thinking out loud about why he can't choose... Yeah, I clearly can't choose this cup, because... I mean, I don't I know it by, by heart. I'm sure if one of you do, does, but he's basically going back and forth. I can't, you know, I can't choose... The one in front of me. I also can't choose this one. So he's saying, and he's like, "So you're done?" He goes, "Not even close." Right. <laughs> Wait till I get going. <laughs> right. Um. Ultimately, he is able to trick Vizzini into drinking the poison. He just immediately just kills over and dies. <laughs> in the dies. midst of his cackle. And he takes Buttercup, who still doesn't know who he really is. Right. Right. There's some there's some really good um, like body language going on yeah. during this during the scene when he says um, you've beaten my giant which means you could have relied on your strength to save you and mm. you notice his like hand gets a little tense and uh-huh. he's kind of like mm, you know uh, like, like there's a moment where like he's like he's yeah. a little nervous. you almost got me you yeah al- you almost figured it out. And I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's like you've beat. He's like you've beaten uh, Indigo Montoyo, who like so that means that you're really yeah, which skilled. means you you studied and in studying you would have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far away from yourself as possible. So I can clearly not choose the wine, and you know and yeah, me, yeah whatever. But then when he says you beat my giant, you, which means you're exceptionally strong, so you could right. relied on your strength. So he is concerned. Yeah, right. Despite his cockiness. But in the end, we find that. Uh, he tells Buttercup, she's, you know... Um, oh, along with his, his cup was poisoned. They were both poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> the last four years, developing the immunity, immunity of Iocane powder. Yes. yes. Like, why? So I know, like, what, why'd you pick that poison? He poisoned immunity? them both, and, and for years had developed a, an immunity, so... Uh, he would have been fine no Vizzini would have been screwed either way, right? Yeah. So, 
he gets Buttercup, the man in black, and of course they have an exchange where the man in black reveals he is the Dread Pirate Roberts, which of course leads Buttercup to berate him for killing her Wesley. Right. Um, and Buttercup, of course, is enraged. Yeah. And she ends up shoving him. He like turns his back, I think, or something, and she shoves him down this massive right. hill. But well, but before that though. She is, he's she's talking about all the ways that you know he's terrible and blah blah, blah. Right. and he's but he's also berating her. Oh yeah, this is he's good. He's berating this is her because he's like, well, you obviously didn't love him because you rushed off to marry some dude. Right. Well, he doesn't have the full story though. Right, but but we're we're seeing you know this man in black side of why he might be angry at Butterclip. Right. Butterclip. But we right. the audience are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, why are you mad at her? Right. So we so, find out. Right. So he's he's. Obviously wondering why, understandably, why were you so quick to be betrothed to right. someone else? You know, but of course her response was, "I died that day, yeah. the day she found out that mm-hmm. you know her Wesley was gone. She died that day, and she it was just about surviving from that point." Yeah, but she ends up shoving. Yes, he turns, I think, and she shoves him down the hill. Down like, a massive yeah, hill. Yeah, <laughs> and as he's falling, he says the three words that mean everything to her. As you wish. And she knows then, oh my God, it's Wesley. And she goes down to... And, and she they throws both, herself down the hill. You can tell they're stunt doubles. <laughs> I mean, I know there's one, like, at, at one point, I think it's it's uh, Wesley. Yeah. And you could just tell it was just stunt double Johnson. You know? <laughs> uh, because they were hitting... They were going down that hill. It was they, bad. They were tumbling down that hill really hard, you know? Mm. Um, and and once they they get up and they yeah. reunite, it's you know it's sweet, but they got to keep moving. Yeah. Because Prince Humberdink is also he's in hot pursuit. He's in hot pursuit, and he shows up. And this is where we get the story about what happened to Wesley. Yes. And it's really cool. It's a great story, and it is absolutely explains why he's so physically adept and so well um, so well versed in combat. It's because he had become the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's this whole story, right? What basically happened? What was the Tencent version of what happened with Dread Pirate Roberts? Basically, so yeah, there's a guy, you know, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm using quotation marks. Right. Yeah. You, can't, you can't see them. But, you know, he's like, you know, good work, Wesley. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. You know, he said that for, for three years. He said that every day, you know. And he, at some point, he, he, he took Wesley, you know, into this port or whatever, you know, where was, they stopped somewhere, and he was like, listen, uh, I'm not actually the Red, uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. My name is Ryan. And, right. and, and, and <laughs> the guy I inherited from wasn't the Dread Pirate Roberts either. Yeah. You know, his name was Cummerbund or something like that. <laughs> and, then, like, and then he and he was like, anyway, I've amassed this you know, great fortune, and I'm going to pass it to you. So he took on a whole new crew, came aboard as his first mate, all, all the while calling Wesley Roberts, you know? Yeah. And that's how they kind of pass the mantle of this the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Because no one would su- submit to the Dread Pirates Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's yeah. how it kind of goes. So really, they're not these terrible people. They're mm-hmm. they're all riding on the name. Right. Everyone's, because the real Dread Pirate Roberts has been retired for 15 years, right? Something like that. He's yeah. like but, off yeah. enjoying his fortune. So no one's killing anybody. No so, one's doing any of these terrible things. They're all just like, yeah, I'm the Dread Pirate Roberts. And yeah, it's fine. so so Wesley essentially, I mean, it would have been great if he would have sent word to her, I guess, you know? Sure. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have the Princess Bride. 
I know, uh, but uh, ultimately, so he <laughs> over these past, I think it was at five years, something like that, or so, number of years, mm-hmm. uh, he was, you know, leading these pirates, and I'm sure amassing great wealth. Yeah. So he actually set out what he intended to do. Yeah. He and was by the way, in that way, this is as they're as they're talking about this. You know, they tumble down the hill, and and this whole explanation is happening as they're going through the fire swamp. Yes. Yes. And. Soon after this conversation, they're attacked by a rat of unusual size. Rodents of unusual Well, first rodents. she falls into quicksand. Yeah, well, he's able to save her out of the yes. quicksand. Yeah, yeah. And then they're attacked by... <laughs> rodents of unusual size. I mean, and it's really, really bad. Like, he, you know, Wesley is barely able to survive this, yes. you know. Um, She's no help. No, anyway. that's true, really. She was just kind of standing there. She's like, oh, no, Wesley. Yeah. yeah and right. then she like tries to like hit it with a stick. And no, and then she kind of really runs work. back and watches some more. Yeah. And... No, she's like, oh, dear. That's just not. And yeah. though he's able to, Wesley's able to survive the attack from the Ronin of Unusual Size, uh, they, are soon, uh, they are soon overtaken by Prince Humperdinck. Yes. And his cronies. And his cronies. And a very unusual man that is with him very peculiar looking man by the name of Count Rugen. And this is Christopher Guest. Yes. Who, I know. I geek in a, out every in time a I very, say, Christopher in, Guest! In a very interesting turn, in a, in a little bit more of a serious, darker role. Because, yeah. you know, Christopher Guest... He's notorious for playing in a lot of those mockumentary films. Yes, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah Spinal Tap, you know, A Mighty uh, Wind, Best in Show. Yeah. yeah. All those he's great, really great movies. But he is Waiting gr- for Guffman. But he's also in... Um, a Few Good Men, another yes. Rob Reiner film. He plays the doctor. And he's excellent. Uh, and he's serious in that. The guy's great. Yeah, yeah his range say? knows no bounds. Yeah. He's incredible. So he plays Count Rugen, who interestingly enough, what is the very what is the very interesting detail about Count Rugen? He has he's has it called octagonal, uh-huh. right? And you have six fingers. He's got six fingers. He has hand. six fingers. And uh, this was the interesting story. What well, you, you talked about it already. Yeah. The ER. Did you, did you say that on the yeah, show? Yeah, when he hit him, when he hit him on the head, he he gave him a concussion, or, or not? I don't know if a concussion, but a serious injury on his head. He had to go to the ER. Yeah, when he was like, you know, you have six fingers in your right hand. You know, if somebody was looking for you, and then he just pulls yeah. out his sword and you know, like hits him. Like him. It's, it's obviously a sensitive subject. That was yeah. Written. So that, but what that tells us is, uh, Count Rugen is the man who killed Inigo Montoya's father. Yes. yes. So now we know. So Again, the, dramatic irony. The audience yeah. has learned something yeah. that the characters do not know. So we are experiencing that, and now we know. Oh, okay, crap. That means that means we know that there's going to be an intersection between these two characters. Now, they threaten to kill Wesley, and of course Buttercup's like, "I can't lose you again." She goes, "I'll go with Prince Humperdinck." Yeah, promise not to harm him. Just don't harm Wesley. Prince uh, Humperdinck agrees. I don't know why she thinks they go and tell the truth. Of course, he's lying. Um, and he decides to, you know, of course he takes Buttercup, but he decides to have Count Rugen take Wesley to the Pit of Despair. The pit of Despair. And, uh, you know, this is just, you know. And, of course, Humperdinck has uh, a, a much larger agenda. Uh, oh, yeah. he, he plans to go to war with a, a neighboring kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Gilder. Which we find out at this point he actually hired... Vicini yes. to kidnap, to kidnap know, and kill Buttercup. Yeah, Buttercup to start the war. And yeah, that, and that, and that, because like before that, we're like, what is Vicini's like motivation yeah. here? Like, right, what does he have to gain by starting a war? You know, and that's when we find out. Okay, he's been paid 
handsomely by yes. Humperdinck. Humperdinck. Which which fits the bill because like like you said, Fazzini's not just this haha wicked guy. He's we don't quite know what his motivation, but it totally makes sense that it's money. So he chose Buttercup because she's well beloved by the people of Florin. And he knows that yep. a way that he can get his war that he wants with Gilder is if he can have Buttercup as his qu- uh, princess, yeah. have her killed, blame it on Gilder, and the people would be so enraged to be like, yeah, let's do, it. let's yeah. do it, let's do it, let's go to war. So this is all part of his plan. Now, uh, let's talk about the Pit of Despair. Mm-hmm. In the Pit of Despair, there's this machine. Yes. And of course, uh, Rugen takes um, uh, Wesley there, straps him down, and... Uh, and there's this weird-looking dude there. Yeah. The albino. The albino. The albino. Right. And he, he's playing... I love that guy. Uh, he's Mel funny. Smith, Mel Smith. <laughs> Don't even think. And he's like... <coughs> <coughs> Don't even think about that. <laughs> I yeah. know. I like, you it. think he's like this, hey, like, Igor. Igor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mel Smith, uh, he passed away, sadly, oh. uh, back in t- uh, t- uh, 2013. Oh, dang, man. Yeah. Twebby Downer. Over here. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, and, and what this machine does that they hook him to yeah. is, uh, which is powered by water, like a... Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> I don't know, that thing that rotates? A water mill, wheel. Uh, like, like a mill wheel? Yeah. It's like a mill, water, yeah. <laughs> a water wheel or something? We don't know what these things are. <laughs> and what this machine does is it sucks years off of your life. Yeah, it takes your life. Yeah. It, when I, I remember when I watched it, it made me think of the Dark Crystal, because it made me think of when they strap the Gilflings to the thing and it takes their essence, which is uh, essentially the same thing. Hated so that. I know, I, I know, and that's why he won't do the show on it because it makes him sad. But that is this movie reminded me, or this part of the movie reminded me of the taking of the yeah. essence because it's essentially the same thing. The first time, and that I, was also in the eighties. Yeah, the so first, mo- the first movie I remember that I cried to. I'm pretty sure it is the first movie I ever cried to. Is first one I definitely remember yeah. was was the Dark Crystal. It was traumatic. I get it. I loved Kira. Still love Kira. And uh, it just, anyway. Very, <laughs> it, 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 it just, so there. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but no, so this takes off years of your life and uh, Count Rugen is overseeing Wesley being tortured. However, uh, Inigo and Fezzik, yes. who, you know, again, they survived their encounters right. with the Dread Pirate Roberts slash Wesley. Uh, They're off in various places. Yeah, well, they are, they hear Wesley's wails of pain. Oh, yeah, and before you get to that, I do want to mention one thing about Indigo because when we see him again, he's drunk outside of like a pub or whatever, and he said, all right, you told me to go where I began, and here I am. So for me, that was important because it gave me an insight into how Fazzini got him in the first place. He was drunk. He was sad. Mm-hmm. He had this vendetta that he couldn't exact, and Fazzini right. was a way to pay the bills and to get it done. Right. So I was, you know, like you said, like, how did he find these two guys? I'm like, okay, well, that's how he found him. Right. He had nothing. Fazzini was offering him something, so he took it. Yeah. And I don't know, because he's, like you said, Jeff, since he's the one that we get the depth from, it was important for me to understand how he became a crony of Fazzini when he's clearly smarter than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know that for me that detail was important. So I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but him and uh, Fezzik reunite. Yes. Inigo and Fezzik reunite, besties. and they can hear these wails, and they're like, everyone, what? everyone in the kingdom hears. Yeah. That. So it's like, we've got to find out. That. Find out what this is. Um, That's also because Humperdinck got mad. Yeah. And he went down there and like. 
Yeah, yeah. turned it up 50. to eleven, if you will. Yeah, Humperdinck. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he turned it all the way up to fifty. Yeah, because yeah. he was mad because Buttercup was like, "Listen, I don't want to marry you." Um, right. I'm not into it, and he got angry. Right. And went down to there and just. And so this scream was because Humperdinck completely, you know, overtook the experiment. Right. So um, absolutely, and then so of course, uh, Inigo and Fezzik follow the call, follow the cries. Um, but they, they can't figure out because the pit of despair is hidden inside a tree. Right. Right? And I love this part yeah. where Inigo, like, calls on his father to guide him. Like, his you know, mm-hmm. using his sword. And he kind of, like, does this kind of swaying around like it's kind of moving. And he, and he ends up sticking the sword into a, uh, a tree, tree. Into the tree. Which is the tree. And we're like, oh, it works. It's like, he it works. know it. Well, no, that's awesome because it shows that there's this greater benevolent force like yeah. like Inigo's father really is guiding him. Yeah. You know, I love that. And he like thinks he's like, oh man, that was crap. And he leans on the tree and Yeah, he leans on the, the tree, opens. like he's kind of upset at himself, you know. <laughs> he leans on the tree and he ends up and I think there at some point in the film he says, I've failed at everything. No. You know, Inigo's is you know, he's flawed. He's you know, uh and I, I love that. But but um He's flawed but he's good. Yeah, yeah. Truly so, good. So yeah, so he 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 finds the location of the Pit of Despair, and he's able to, uh, he and Fezzik go in. Unfortunately, because of what happened, uh, Wesley's dead. Right. He's, he's dead. However, uh, Inigo knows someone who can help. <laughs> A miracle uh, maker, right? Miracle Max. Miracle Max. <laughs> they, but they call him a miracle maker, right? I, I thought so. they, they need. They need. He's like, how much money do you have? He's like, I've got, you know, whatever. Well, he's like, hope it's enough to buy a miracle. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, enough to buy a miracle. Hopefully, so they go to Miracle Max, and this is Billy Crystal. Oh. Yeah, and Love uh, it. he has, and his wife, of course, is there too. It's another me- memorable. Mo- oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so great. Carol Kane. Plays. Anyone who quotes the movie will quote these two. And you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll you might know her from. Uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, or uh, she was also uh, Grandma. Grandma in Adam's Family Values. Yes, and uh, and Adam's Family. No, Adam's Family Values. No. Oh, she wasn't in the first she's one. She's not. Yeah, she's not. Carol no. Kane wasn't in the first one. She, I don't know no. who they had as Grandma no. in the first one, but uh, in Adam's Family Values they had Carol Kane. But uh, so they're there and they're old. Like the makeup's great. I oh mean, yeah, it's you can tell it's Billy Crystal, but. <laughs> Well, his voice, you can't mistake Yeah, because his of voice. his voice, but as far as his face, he, he just looks like this old guy. This old dude. And this old elfin person. Well, again, he's a miracle maker, you know, Miracle Max. Uh, and he is able to concoct kind of this pill or whatever, this seed. Chocolate-covered pill. Yeah. He only agrees to it on the sole condition that Prince Humperdinck is going to get humiliated and, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, because summer. obviously nobody cares for Humperdinck. No right. One. So, they give Wesley the, um, that's a wait 15 minutes or something. Right. We have to say the line, but have fun storming the castle. Like, All that's right. what I always quote. But also, there's something that he says that is really cool. Okay. And he, she says, do you think it'll work? And he goes, like, it would take a miracle. So, the cool thing about that is that he's Miracle Max, right? He's supposed to concoct miracles. He, even he doesn't believe it's going to work. So, what that does is that puts the magic onto what they believe. Yeah. So really the power in this is do they believe enough? Mm-hmm. Not so much what Mer- what Max did. And I like that. I like that it's about what you believe can be possible as opposed right. to 
like what they say is like Inigo believing that his father's sword would guide him to the right. Despair. Really, the whole movie is lending itself to that theory. The whole right. movie is really about do you believe it? Because if you believe it, you can make it happen. And I like that. That's right. an important message for kids and for Lord for adults. Right. So they give Wesley the uh, the pill, and it does revive him. Revives Wesley, though he is it's slow. Though. He, it's 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 gradual. Like he's conscious, but he can't really move. He's kind of flopping around, and, and it's very funny. Fezzik's carrying him everywhere. Um, <laughs> however, Wesley, Inigo, and Fezzik are able to come up with a plan to storm the castle, and uh, all the while, Humperdinck <laughs> is attempting to marry um, Buttercup. Buttercup. Like they're going through the ceremony. He's rushing it. This is where we get the male witch Mal- guy. Which, is, <laughs> well, 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 when they call him at the end of the credits, it was like some uh, clergyman. Something. The impressive clergyman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was played by uh, Peter Cook. Knowledge yeah. is what brings us together today. Yeah. So uh, it, it was. I hear that you were not prepared for it. I mean, I just was like, you "What forgot. in the world?" Like, well, I know that, like, <laughs> I know that people quote that. I know that, like, Michael Scott in the Office mm-hmm. episodes quotes that, like, in when Phyllis got married. Yes. What I'm saying is, but but I just was kind of like, "Good grief, guys, <laughs> so silly." It was funny. Oh yeah. Um, but Humperdinck's trying to rush the ceremony. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's got plans. He's got plans, right? Um, so. In the end, he's able to say, he's able to have the impressive clergyman say, pronounce them as man and wife. Right. And then he rushes Buttercup off, and then he, you know, uh, and and then goes on, of course, because here comes, um, you know, our three heroes. Yes. Here comes Fezzik and Inigo and, and, um. Right, but they're uh, like, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? There's like all these guards, and it's just the three of us. Right. But remember, we've got strength, we've got brains, and we've got skill. Right. Well, Inigo is able to find Rugen, and we have the big moment. But not before the superstitious moment of the Dread Pirate Roberts, and that's how they get in in the first place. Well, go ahead. You know, he we have, you know, Fezzik, who is in this big black hood, and mm. he says he's the Dread Pirate Roberts, which again lends credence to the fact that what Wesley said before was, it's all about his name. Mm. Nobody needs to see what he did. They just know he's bad. So all these guys are clearly very superstitious, he lights his big cloak on fire. He's like, oh, I'm the dread pirate. And they all run away. Right. And they're able to get inside the castle thanks to the combination of these three heroes. Because, right. you know, of all that they have. Yes, they all use their different strengths. Yes. yes, very much so. Yeah. So Inigo is able to... Face off. Face off against uh, Count Rugen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's able to say his great line. Yeah. Over and over. But it almost ends horribly. Yes. Right, go ahead. Well, you know, you're the one who reacted, so. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Toby's reaction. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, you remember, like, he's like, that. you know, he says the line, and then, like, Count Rogan's looking at him all, like, they're about to duel, then he just, like, runs like a coward, like, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he what? Like, he couldn't even believe it. He's like, <laughs> and then, like, runs after him, and Fezzik, like, is sitting there, like, trying to, like, Put Wesley on like a on like, like a suit of armor. On, I know, he just yeah, he's like, hang, like hang yeah, because he locks his door. And he's like, he's, right he's gonna go in. Oh, and he's like sm- <laughs> slamming the door, and then Fezzik has to come and like punch it down. So you know, count, it gives Count Rugen a moment to kind of plan. He pulls out this like little dagger, this horrible little dagger, and then like as soon as like 
You know, Inigo turns in, the corner. Inigo yeah. turns the corner. He throws it. Oh, and, right in his gut, and it's it's all. And Toby's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like he forgot. I was like, I was like, "What?" I thought you, I thought you knew this movie. <laughs> he I was told like, y'all. "No, what's happening?" <laughs> I told y'all, and I love oh, Inigo. No. So. Oh yeah, and so this is this is bad because this is where you know Inigo has to like. I mean, he, he's dying. He's yeah. Like, he, it's a pretty bad, and you know, and Count Rogan's all getting all cocky. He's yeah. like, "Do you mean to tell me you've been trying, you've been hunting me your whole life, only to fail now?" I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, no, just, he's terrible. just talking junk to him and stuff, and like trash talking. But Inigo is able to find it yeah. in himself. But he again, just... he believes. Yeah. He yeah. is like, listen. He keeps saying, you know, he, it's it's like his it's like his faith at this point. Yeah. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. And every time he says it, he like rallies and he yeah. gets stronger he and gets then he better. finally bests him. It's oh, yeah. Awesome. He hands him his butt on a silver platter. Yeah. You he, know? And I love how he gives him all the wounds that he gave him. He stabs, yeah. he stabs him in the arm. You know, he stabs him in the, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the chest or whatever. Yeah. And then he gives then the he, marks he, in the he, face. Yeah, yep. And then he and he's like, he's like "Tell me that you like what is it? He's like, offer me, offer me everything." That's right. You know? Rugen begs for his life. He goes, I, "You know, I'll give you everything you want and more." And I love what Inigo says. I want my father back. I want sob. You know. Yes. I want my father back. And which is which is a gift he could never give. No. So he kills him. Which means he has to have his life. So he runs. His pound of flesh. So he runs Rogan uh, Rogan through, and uh, Rogan is dead. So he he is exacted the 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 exact thing he said he wanted at the beginning of the film. He's achieved it. Yes. Meanwhile, Wesley is able to find um, is able to find Buttercup. Yeah. And Buttercup is despaired. She was about to commit suicide. Yeah. Because she thought Wesley, you know, with her really ornate dagger. Yeah. Someone conveniently placed on her. uh, I know. On her nightstand. And she's been telling everyone in the kingdom she's going to kill herself. Yeah. So So, they let her have it. I don't know. (laughs) She's about to end it all when Wesley confronts her. uh, When Wesley's Wesley had been there the whole time. She didn't notice he had been on the bed. Because he can't move. Right. And he says to her, "Hey, did you say I do?" And she goes, "No." He goes, "Well, then you weren't married. You didn't. You didn't. You know." All the vows weren't finished. Yeah. You know? She's like, yeah, we kind of skipped that part. <laughs> yeah. They kind of rushed it, right? Well, Humperdinck comes in. Like, he's going to do something to Wesley, right? Yeah, yeah. And Wesley, again, with his quick with wit. With his wit. Uh, and again, he's not 100%, right? Mm-mm. But he's... But he's like, but you don't know that. Yeah, but he's able to convince Humperdinck that he's completely recovered and he's like, you don't want to face with me. And, and yeah, he's yeah. like, don't, let's not fight to the death, let's fight to the pain. And then it describes all that he's going to do to him. Yeah, and Humperdinck is a true coward. And in cowardly fashion, he's just like... He grabs know. his little his little sleeves and yeah. sits right on down. Right. And he's been, you know, subdued and dealt, they tie dealt him with. tie him up. Yeah, tied up. He's done. And now, and of course, Count Rugen is dead. And now what, you know? Now the well, and because you know we're we have so Inigo's now joined us. We've got Buttercup and Wesley. Mm-hmm. So now where is Fezzik? And then out the window, Fezzik in true sweet precious fashion mm-hmm. was like, "Hey guys, I found these four horses. I figured if we find the lady, we gotta get out of here." Yeah. Hi lady. <laughs> Hi lady. Yeah. No, but now this is the part that I want you to talk about because you have you told me a while back that you saw a video of Mandy Patinkin talking about this part with with um about his father and how this role meant a lot to him because he had lost his dad Mm -hmm. so he really connected with 
his arc of, you know, avenging his dad and trying to understand what to do after the revenge was finished. And that's what he talks to Wesley about right before they're about to jump out of the window onto right. the horses. He's like, revenge has been my whole life. So right. now what do I do? You know? Have you ever considered piracy? You make a right. great pirate robber. Exactly. You know? So we right. get a glimpse into what might be next. Yeah. I, hope, I hope they go take him to like a medical professional immediately because he's, he's gotten some pretty bad wounds. He's half dead. He's got yeah. some internal injuries that need to be looked at. Yeah. So, Maybe they I mean, give him the chocolate pill it, it, next. It, seem, I don't know. it seems that Inigo was dying at one point, but obviously he he's going to survive. And yes, he's offered the title of Dread Pirate Roberts, which I would, I assume, and hope very hopefully that he would have taken that, because I think he would have been a great Dread Pirate Roberts. Um, oh yeah, there was a sort of sequel, really half written. Oh yeah, oh, and I didn't actually know that. the the and it's funny. Um, uh, it's it's like the the daughter of Wesley and Buttercup. Oh. It's about her and how she got kidnapped by like some weird troll thing i don't know i feel like i've heard of it i and, feel like i know what you're talking about and and the, the the bad character the bad guy's named is stephen king mm. not not that's, to be confused with the stephen that's king that's a choice yeah <laughs> that's um, all i got <laughs> so yeah and, and so it never got um and apparently there's supposed to be uh, in the year 2023 the 50th anniversary is going to be coming out oh yeah or something like that of, of when the book was written yeah so we're and then i guess um yeah, 2023. Yeah, so, and then, so I guess there's going to be some commentary on the DVD, and they're going to tell the full story of all that on there. So, oh, cool. Okay. Oh, so that'll be, be interesting. Be looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that actually done in some way, a miniseries or something, you know. All right, so, to, to, to recap. Yes. Uh, Wesley and Buttercup are reunited. Uh, Wesley offers the title of Dread Pirate Roberts to Inigo. Fezzik is still sweet Fezzik. And they <laughs> He'll get, be fine. <laughs> they get on their horses. They ride off from the castle. Uh, and Wesley and Buttercup, of course, kiss. Uh, except by this point, you know, the boy is like... He is very into the he's story. He's very into the story. And the story is, uh, you know, the story ends mm -hmm. as far as the Princess Bride. Uh, and this is where we get to what I was talking about yes. at the beginning. Um about what when I was a kid what I thought because the film ends with the boy asking his grandfather to read the story to him again like when he <laughs> comes back uh, the next day yeah and the grandfather says as uh, right before he shuts the door as you wish and I remember thinking as a kid is when I turned around to tell my dad who had no interest oh. uh, I turned to my dad and said dad I think the granddad was Wesley. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I wondered. Uh, that's what I thought as a kid. I yeah. was like, oh my God, the granddad was Wesley. He's Wesley. At older. Um, now, as an adult who's watched the story, you know, watched the film, <laughs> I think the grandfather was telling his grandson, I love you. Yeah. Of course. Of uh, course. Yeah. So, so sweet. But, but I was like, I, Dad, I think that man was Wesley. <laughs> Dad was like, go to bed. I was like... Just saying, but no, he uh, no. I think it was the grandfather telling his grandson, well, "I love you." It was very yeah. sweet. And, yeah, um, very much a love story between a grandfather and his grandson. Yeah, I like that it was, and 
if you know if I were if I were teaching this, I would say this is a frame story, and a frame story is when a story is being told within a story. Mm-hmm. So like like the Canterbury Tales, I teach the Canterbury Tales, and that is Geoffrey Chaucer telling this story that other people are telling. So it's still a, all of it's a love story, but mm-hmm. it's not just a romantic love story. It is also about the love that these characters have for one another. It's about the grandpa and his you know grandchild. Yeah. It's about Fezzik and Indigo, Indigo, how they love each other. It's about yeah. everyone's Indigo love. Indigo and his father. And so it's, I, I like that it, it covers more than just romantic love. And that is Yeah, so that's sweet. important. Yeah, because everybody, you know, um, connects fairy tales with romantic love. When yeah, I just like that there's... they gave the grandpa the line to his grandson, as you wish. Because, of course, we're, we're already thinking, oh, that means I love you. But, like, it applies to more than just romance. And Absolutely. Stuff. It opens it up a little bit more. Yeah, and that's a Princess Bride. Yeah, good one. Does, how do you? Any, anybody have anything else to I add to that? It. It's great. Yeah, I loved throughout the uh, the movie how it stop every once in a while and you get Peter Falk talking to Fred Savage. You yeah, know? and and kind of you know because that's so like you know realistic. Even when he like the, I, I love the part where he's like. Do you hear that sound? You know, that's the string. He's like, Grandpa, you read that part already, you know? Because, like... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I love those moments when I was a kid. Cause... But it's kind of like an audience check-in, too. It's like, you good? You okay? How, yeah. how are you feeling? Because it's like, I noticed you're getting a little scared. So I wanted to stop and tell you she didn't get eaten by the eels. And yeah. he's like, I'm fine. I wasn't worried at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> he clearly is. Yeah, but I, I thought that was kind of neat. Kind of, It kind of breaks the fourth wall in a way yeah. because he's like... This is a story, guys. Like, don't worry if you're freaked out. It's sweet. But yeah, I think it's 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 the eight, it's definitely part of the '80s and '90s kid starter pack. Absolutely, um, <laughs> starter to, pack. I love to, it. Watch <laughs> Essentials. Yes. Yeah, you need to watch that movie. It's it's really magical. Uh, it's wonderful. I would love to see um, some continu- continuation of the story. Yeah. Uh, so it's another one of those movies that, for whatever reason, it didn't get great reviews. And didn't make uh, a lot of money, so weird. but became popular once it hit VHS. It was a cult classic. Yeah, um, yeah. But that obviously has you know grown. Yeah, it was only a modest box office success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at as far as um, uh, this is according to Wikipedia, so take it with some grain of salt. Right. Uh, made on a budget of 16 million dollars, it made 30 million, so it made budget and a little more. So considered a modest box office success uh let me look at critical response i think um afi has rated it from the uh, screen actors portion of the afi the one of the greatest scripts ever written like wow. it, it, it's like top 100 like a lot of people like now in, in retrospect consider it a perfect film that's crazy yeah. i mean not that I, not that i don't Agree, but like I've, i'm i'm surprised yeah. that it is rated that high and it, it makes me wonder if it's just for nostalgia you know, or if it's actually the script, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of movies that we, 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 we take a second look at, you know, like after years of it coming out, it's like, wow, that was a lot better than we thought it was, you know? Because they don't really make movies like that anymore. They no. really don't. And uh, Carrie Elwes, just just to to plug this, uh, in 2014, Carrie Elwes wrote "As You Wish: Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride." Which is a behind-the-scenes account of the film's production. Ooh. Um, oh, yeah. So, I'd like to look at that. yeah, if you That's can, if, cool. if you guys really want to look into that, uh, I, I think I can't imagine a better person to write a behind-the-scenes oh than you know yeah. Wesley himself. So, yeah, it's great. Then we could go on and on about it, but yes, uh, we, we do need to wrap this thing up uh, and continue having our good times with Jeff. Um, 
continue our vacation. So, uh, d uh, where do they find us, Brooke? Alrighty. Up. If you are on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Send us a message. We're at the Tape Store. If you're on TikTok, we're by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, we'd love to hear from you. We are the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. All right. Cool. So, uh, and as always, we want to thank you for your time. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, as always, like to let our listeners know how we feel about them and the time that they give to listen to this little podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeff, you got anything before we go? I guess not. Yeah, it's been <laughs> great. <laughs> Hopefully this little microphone did the job. Uh, uh, we'll Sitting find out in a minute. <laughs> in the middle of us. We're going to find out when we edit. Either way, guys, thanks for uh, uh, taking this ride through Princess Bride. That rhymes. All right. <laughs> Look at you. I didn't realize Anybody that. want to pin it? <laughs> what is Sorry. that? That's it. Crazy rhyming. Uh, Stop saying that. I mean it. Good job. <laughs> Um, Sorry. This Sorry. has been Princess Bride, 1987. <laughs> and this is Toby. This is Brooke. And this is Jeff. From the tape store, As, as You, you wish. wish.